Can I give you a hard truth? If you don't have teeth to choose this, just keep scrolling. Your type is a spirit. I want to teach you something that the enemy does that most people are completely unaware of. He establishes your appetite when you're young. I'm talking about your appetite for certain traits. Let me explain it this way. This is why the Bible says, lead a child in the way that he should go. And when he's old, he will not depart from it. This is a spiritual principle. So if Satan wants you to pick up the spirit of fear or the Ahab spirit, what he'll do is he will inundate you with a lot of issues when you're a kid. That way he can set the stage for the narcissist. In other words, he can create an appetite in your life for the narcissist. So you find yourself having a love-hate relationship with the Jezebel spirit. You become addicted to being love-bombed. You master the psychology of gaslighting. You fall in love with the toxicity of breaking up and making up. Because if we can be honest, most people will stick with their narcissist if the narcissist didn't leave them. The enemy knows that once your appetite is established, it is hard for you to get delivered from it. This is what causes that inner warfare that we call low self-esteem. This is when you begin to self-destruct because you don't understand why is it that I feel drawn to this man or why is it that I feel drawn to that particular woman when I know that person is no good for me. Want the truth? Because that demon is your dealer. That's why it's called a familiar spirit. It knows what to give you and how much of it to give to you to keep you hooked. I was talking to a sister in Christ tonight. She was telling me about a scenario that she was in with a guy. And I told her like this. I said, what you have to understand is that it's spiritual. If you take a man who has an Ahab spirit and you put him in a room with 256 women, all of which are wives. I'm talking about God fearing women. And you have one Jezebel in the room. He's going to go and find Jezebel. Because Ahab and Jezebel are married in the realm of the spirit. This is why it's not enough to break up with a person. You literally have to break up with a demon. Or in most cases, a network of demons. Because unclean spirits establish strongholds in the mind. Those are systems that are automatically run, but all too often they require a worker behind them. When those systems begin to stall, you start experiencing stuff like depression, lack of identity. This is why in the ministry of deliverance, we have to tell people, we can't cast out a demon that you actually want. Those demons work those systems. And there have been people who have actually cried because they didn't want to see their demons go. Think about doing a taste test at a restaurant. A lot of times they will have to give you something to cleanse your palate. They do this so that you can fully enjoy the next dish. God does something similar, but the average Christian won't allow him to do it. The average Christian jumps out of one relationship into the other. Not allowing time for those strongholds to be demolished. Not allowing time for themselves to go through deliverance or get the questions that they need answered as it relates to their destiny. Because most people think it's personal when it's actually spiritual. So while they may not go after the same person, they'll go on that hunt looking for that same demon in a different person. All right. Here's something else that I found very interesting when hearing this uh this person talk all right all right here it is okay matthew chapter 12 verses 43 to 45 when an unclean spirit goes out of a man he goes through dry places seeking the rest and find none then he says i will return to my house which i came and when he comes, he finds it empty, swept in, put in order, then goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. So it shall be also with this wicked generation. So, 
you can see also with people like they get out of bad relationship, like she said, um, they get out of a bad relationship and then they go to another relationship. But what's but in addition to that, the first relationship, the the second relationship would be worse than the than the last one, okay? Because you know, like she said, the average Christian does not seek God to, you know, to get right with Him and to let that part of their life die, which is with a lot of Christians in the modern world, because they want to. They don't. Is like like she said. It's like when you go through withdrawal, okay, and like a drug addict and Christians are is 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 a, is a sinaholic. A recovering sinaholic that wants to try and fight sin and try to try choose Christ than their sin. Uh, when you choosing trying to choose Christ, the body will like a like a person recovering from drugs. They go through withdrawal. The flesh starts to cause pain. You know, the pain of self denial, the cross, and it, it's also why sadly many of us. Uh, are enemies of the cross as Paul wept with tears. Okay. And um, it, it's, uh, it is a very uh, sad state of affairs. And I'll show that verse right now. Okay. Here we go. Okay. There we go. All right. Philippians chapter 3, verses 18 to 21. For many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you with even weeping that there are enemies of the cross of Christ whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, and who mind earthly things. Okay? When a person is trying, is, you know, was on the path of God, but then, you know, they get distracted, or like a person who's trying to recover from drugs, and the, the cares of life and the pain of just being without that sin, or without being within another relationship, they fall back into it and stay in there. All right. Saying that sin. So let's move on to soul ties now. Okay. Let's talk about that. <clears throat> the Bible speaks of what is today known as soul ties. In the Bible, it doesn't use the word soul tie, but it speaks of them when it talks about souls being knit together, becoming one flesh, etc. A soul tie can serve many functions, but in the simplest form, it ties two souls together in the spiritual realm. Soul ties between married couples drawn them together like magnets, while soul ties between fornicators can draw a beaten and abused woman to a man, which in the natural realm she would hate him and run from, but in the Instead, she runs to him, even though he doesn't love her and treats her like dirt. In the demonic realm, unholy soul ties can serve as bridges between two people to pass demonic garbage through. 
I helped a young man not too long ago break free from downright awful visitations from demons, all to the ungodly soul tie he had with a witch. The man was a Christian, and the only thing that allowed her to send demonic torment his way is that soul tie. Other soul ties can do things such as allow one person to manipulate and control another person. The other person is unaware to what is going on or knows what is going on, but for no real reason allows it to continue. How soul ties are formed. I believe there are other ways which soul ties are formed, but here are some that I'm aware of. Sexual relations, godly soul ties is formed when a couple is married. Emphasize chapter 5, verse 31. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined to his wife, and they shall be one flesh. And the godly soul tie between a husband and wife that God intended him to have is unbreakable by man. Mark chapter 10, verse 7 to 9. However, when a person has ungodly sexual relations with another person, an ungodly soul tie is, in, is then formed. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16. What ye not know that ye, that ye which is joined to a harlot is one body, for two saith ye shall be one flesh. This soul tie fragments the soul and is destructive. People who have many past relationships find it difficult to bond or be joined to anybody because their soul tie, I'm sorry, their soul is fragmented. Close relationships. King David and Jonathan had a good soul tie as a result of good friendship. First Samuel chapter 18, verse 1. And it came to pass when he had made an end of speaking unto Saul that the soul of Jonathan was knit with the soul of, John, of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. But bad soul ties can form from bad relationships as well. Idolizing somebody can cause a bad soul tie. I have heard, too, that you can create a soul tie with a rock group by becoming obsessed with their music, which explains the strong pull towards certain music that seems almost irresistible. Vows, commitments, and agreements. Vows are known to bind a soul. Numbers chapter 30, verse 2. Marriage itself consists of vows and binds the two people together. In Science chapter 5, verse 31. Therefore, I have little reason to overlook the concept of vows or commitment as being means to create a soul tie. How to break a soul tie. If any sins were committed to cause a soul tie, repent of them. Fornication is perhaps one of the most common ways to create nasty soul ties. Two, if gifts were given to you by the other person in connection with the sin, or unholy relationships such as rings, flowers, cards, bras, I would get rid of them. Such things symbolize an ungodly relationship and can hold a soul tie in place. If you are still friends or in a relationship just now, it's no longer an ungodly relationship. Like, say, boyfriend, girlfriend relationships, except you repented and forsaken the unholy practices you used to do in your relationship. Then I don't feel it is necessary to destroy all the gifts and things that you have been given. I still encourage you to get rid of anything that symbolizes the ungodly practices in the relationship, though, such as if guy gives a girl a bra and panties with his initials on them during fornication, I wouldn't encourage you to hang on to such things that symbolize sin or that are wrong to give each other before marriage. Things such as flowers and letters given during adultery should be destroyed. Three, any rash vows or commitments made that played a part in the forming the soul tie should be renounced and repented of and broken in Jesus' name. Even things like I love you forever or I can never love another man, need to be renounced. There are spoken commitments that need to be undone verbally. As Proverbs chapter 21, verse 23 tells us, who said, keepeth his mouth and his tongue, keepeth his soul from troubles. The tongue has the ability to bring soul great troubles and bondage. Four, forgive that person if anything 
if you have anything against them. Five, renounce the soul tie. Do this verbally in Jesus' name. Example, in Jesus' name, I renounce an ungodly soul tie formed to myself and as a result, fornication, etc. Six, break the soul tie in Jesus' name. Do this verbally using the authority in Jesus' example. I now break and sever any ungodly soul ties formed between myself and as a result of fornication, etc. Seven, ask Jesus to wash and restore the parts of each other's hearts and that were fractured. You can do this by saying something such as, Jesus, I ask that you take any parts in me that belong to, it, you know, whatever, and wash them in your blood and restore them to him or her. I ask that you take any parts of mine that are in blank and wash them in your blood and restore them to me. Okay. And um, that is it. Okay. Seductions Exposed, Spiritual Dynamics of a Relationship by Dr. Gary L. Greenwald. Awesome book that takes you behind the scenes of soul ties, transferring of spirits, and how the enemy can use various things to gain a bridge into our souls. All right. And that is what I have to say. I'm done. All right. Hope you learned a lot, as I have learned. Peace and God bless.